Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out BlueWirePods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. On this week's episode of the podcast, I decide it's time to lighten the mood a little bit. I'm going to tell Drew a story about one of the longest games in football league history. Oh, I'm excited about this. We're talking hours, baby. Buckle up. This is Dead Ball Brothers. Welcome to Dead Ball Brothers, a weekly podcast about soccer and history with a healthy dose of stupidity, a part of Blue Wire Podcast and presented today by betonline.ag. What's up? We back. We back. We are here. We are in the house. We are in the house. And you know who else is in the house or rather above the house? Above the house. Are the people moving into the apartment above Drew's apartment right now. Yes. (laughs) And they have been moving all week and they've been very loud all week. So if you hear any random noises that sound kind of echoey um, that you normally wouldn't hear, it's them. And not our fault. It's not our fault. And it, I can't edit it out. Not our fault outside of, I don't know, maybe not making a, a soundproof bunker yet. Yes. Um, which I've been signing off all of my newsletters with from the Dead Ball Bunker. <laughs> Adam Whitaker Snavely, because I think that's funny. And by the way, I'm everybody's most favorite freelance soccer writer, Adam Whitaker Snavely, joined as always by my real life brother, Drew Snavely. And I'm just living life right now. There's no soccer, no, no Manchester United to let me down. Yeah, uh, dude. No although, disappointments. Although I am, it's been nice because when the season came to a halt, Manchester United were on a very good run. They were good. They were on a very good stretch. Bruno, baby. It was it was very positive. Bruno, my guy. My guy. Love him. Um, Forever Manchester United legend for showing fans what could be for about two months. If Jesse Lingard was actually good. Ooh, 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 spicy. <laughs> we're coming with the takes even though that, even though that, even, even though, that. though there's no soccer being played. The Bundesliga just started training again. Oh, really? Yeah. The Bundes- We'll see how that goes. It's kind of funny how all these professional sports teams are kind of bending through hoops to try to get stuff going again. Bro, did you like hear... Did you UFC? Hear- yeah, I was, gonna, I was about to say that. Yeah, Dana, Dana White's White? plan? Dude, it's freaking... It's Tekken. For those it's of like, you It's who, the plot of Street Fighter or something. For those of you who, who have not heard yet, Dana White uh, is... Pre- is apparently the UFC is is buying a private island to host yep. fights yep. Um, for the foreseeable future. <laughs> like so. he wants to do it like weekly. Yeah. So this is straight up like it's like blood sport. It's like a it's like a John Claude Van Damme movie. It's very strange. We go to this secret private. He says like he he said it like oh the fighters aren't going to know where they're going kind of thing. Like it's a secret private island. No one's going to know where it is. And uh, they're just going to fight. They're going to have fights every week. Everybody talks about late-stage capitalism being, like, the worst form of capitalism. But I think pandem- pandemic, while in a capitalistic um, 
society is like an even worse form of, of capitalism. What's the difference? <laughs> it's very strange. I did very suggest I did suggest that some intrepid billionaire should buy another private island and have clubs finish the Champions League by sending out five-a-side teams and oh, doing it beach soccer style. That would be... <laughs> beach how soccer. sick would that be? How, how, uh, I just want to see Kylian Mbappe run at Harry Maguire repeatedly. I feel like people would sign actual professional beach soccer players. That's fair. We'll what we'll, we'll do five side but real. Yeah. We'll have we'll fly Nike out. They can do one of their cool little tiny tiny soccer the promo videos or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Do, could you imagine the betting that would occur on that? Like I mean, the betting market around that? How much money that would make? Yeah, I mean probably a ton. I mean It'll be wild. If UFC actually gets something going, I mean that Oh, it's the betting nuts. there. Whatever sport comes back first, the betting is going to be absolutely insane. I think, even though people are like struggling right now financially. Oh yeah, and people going to bet. And over ten million bet. people have lost their jobs already. Yes, um, people are going to bet because they're. I it's, have, it's the same reason why the lottery <laughs> is successful. I have a friend who works in the betting industry, and they've been taking bets on hella esports. Yeah. Counter Strike games, <laughs> League of Legends games. They've been taking bets on the Belarus Premier League. Yeah. Uh the Korean Baseball League is is gonna is planning on starting on oh, time. Oh really? Yeah. Wow. And they're like they're like, Oh, we're all over the Korean baseball league. We have lines on that. Yeah. Like, yeah. They're wherever they can get a little foothold or, or a handhold. Literally anything. They're, they're in anything. There. People are betting on the weather. Oh man, it's dark times. <laughs> We're betting on, yeah. We are betting on the weather. Yeah. I would say it's like a great thing, but yeah, oh, people man. are betting on everything. What a weird time to be alive, and what a weird tangent to be on. Yeah, but Drew, you know, because of this weird time to be alive and this weird tangent to be on, I decided this week uh, we needed to lighten the mood a little. Yeah, yeah. And we've been we've been pretty serious and somber for the last couple weeks. Yeah. Um, bringing the mood down, certainly. We're uh, we're we're all in today. It seems like on laughs and good times, general merriment, yes. merry making, yes, as one might say. And I have a story for you about surely. I didn't get the stats on this, but surely one of the longest soccer games in England that has ever taken place in terms of just a regular season match. I am serious, and don't call me Shirley. Good reference. Yeah. Shouts out to Leslie. Shouts out to Leslie. <laughs> now, I know that you, Drew, and you listeners at home hear quite often about referees making themselves the star of a game or being strange and malign, larger-than-life figures. Any referees pop into mind for you? I mean, Mike Dean is Mike like Dean! number one. Mike Dean is number one. Uh, before Klatz uh, retired from the game, Mark Klattenberg, mm. he, was, he was like... The guy. I feel like Mark Clattenburg was like, I feel like he was, people uh, were kind of obsessive over Mark Clattenburg because like he's kind of handsome. Yeah. He was kind of like the buff referee. Yeah. I'm also very young and so um, as far as infamous referees go, uh, I my knowledge is um, definitely limited Fair. In, in, in that aspect. Um, but you have the Madley brothers in the Premier League. This is true. I mean... Um. Yeah, but Mike Dean is probably like 
Mike Dean's the that most guy. the yeah. most showy That's at fair the enough. moment. Definitely. Yeah. A, a man with a sense of drama, you might oh, say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, when when you have referees that are that are pointing to the penalty spot or whipping out their cards with um all willy nilly. All that gusto. Yeah. I, I mean, uh, Mike Dean is, is probably top of the. Mike Dean top is a top two. When he celebrated the Spurs goal. <laughs> <laughs> that was hilarious. I forgot about that. He did do that. Why did he do that? I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. He wants, he wants the spotlight. He, he does. wants the camera. He definitely does. On him. Well, I want to tell you a tale of referee intrigue. Um, a, a case of karma, certainly, Ooh. and um, early English football league history. All right. In 1894. Okay, going back. The world was a very different place. Yes, as as time tells That's, us. As, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> it was all black and white. There was no color yet. Okay, okay. In real life, everybody saw black and white. I'm just making. It's Everybody like, was colorblind. It's like the giver. Yeah. I well. Yeah. I guess. <laughs> In 1894, the world had not yet seen a world war. Coca-Cola had only just been sold in bottles wait, for the wait, very wait, first wait. time, complete with the cocaine, baby. Are you? Are we saying what year are we saying? 1894. Okay, so maybe my ears are dys- dyslexic. But I heard 1984. No. And so when you said we haven't seen a world war yet, I was like. What are you talking about? We've seen oh, the we've only, totally seen two world wars. The only world wars that have ever happened, but eighteen ninety four. Eighteen ninety four. Okay, all right. We're talking. We're talking more than a hundred years ago. I will be more attentive. Yeah. So, Coca Cola had only just been sold in bottles for the very first time, and it was the original recipe, so had cocaine in it. Heck nice. yeah! Why not the best stuff? And Sunderland was playing Derby County in the football league. Ah. Now at the time. Sunderland was a dominant force in English football. My oh my, how <laughs> times have have changed, Ooh, and the fortunes quite. the fortunes of Sunderland Football Club. Uh, not quite Sunderland till I die status oh, at man. that point in time. Did they just came out with another season of that. Yeah, we're not sponsored by by Netflix or or Sunderland, but I'm sure it's, I, <laughs> the second season's as good as the first season. Uh, people seem to love it. And I think people like that one more than like the Man City and the other like really successful teams documentaries because Sunderland are terrible. It's like my oh my, how far have you fallen? Yeah. It's oh yeah. Pretty dude. terrible. Definitely. But anyways, but at the time they were a dominant force in England. They were granted football league status in 1890 and promptly won the league in the 1891-92 season and 1892-93 back-to-back champs the two-time dang they finished two in time. S- second place in 1893-94 so basically they got promoted the next season they won the yeah. next season they won the season after that they finished in second place wait so were they did that make them the first um first tier team to, to be to be promoted and then win the league the next year? I would say probably. I also don't know. This is, in 1894, this is like, you're like five years into the football league's existence. Yeah, I was going to say. So I don't know if promotion and relegation occurred in the same way. The quality of the play, too, was probably trash. Oh, like we, we're, Drew, we're talking about the 1800s. Like, we could walk in and probably 
we probably do pretty well. Teams. Yeah, we probably yeah. do pretty well. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie to you. Or like sit on the bench at, at minimum. least. Oh, yeah. I'd, I'd make a game day squad for Derby <laughs> County. I could do that absolutely. In 1894, you just need to be yeah. able to break a nose with an elbow. First and... of all, in 1894, I'm probably taller than everybody else. <laughs> That is true. Um, yeah, it, it's like it's like people talk about the black and white rule, yeah. which is when you're talking about the best players of all time, if your highlights are in black and white, you just don't count. Yeah. Sorry to you. Sorry yeah. to this man. But because the the standard of play has increased by so much, the I mean people how people grow and how people live and stay healthy and all this stuff has increased by so much. Like Wilt Chamberlain, yeah, is the only player that's ever scored 100 points in a basketball game. Wilt Chamberlain also didn't... Wilt Chamberlain was two feet taller than literally everybody else on the floor and didn't have to play the same game that LeBron James had to play. Yeah, and then you have, I mean, somebody who we talked about on this podcast, the whole episode was dedicated to Fernando Perroteo. Yes. Who is like score, has scored more goals than almost everybody in the world. For but funsies. it was in the early 1900s, black and white. Yeah. So you know. black and white rule, like sorry, you're you're good. Like you, you could still you could, I mean you could still be a legend. Yeah. But you're probably not the best of all time. Yeah. Especially if we're talking about people that are playing right now that are the best of all time. Because as time tells us, as we progress yeah. in in our uh, human state, it's we amazing. Get bigger, faster, and stronger, and and the the technical quality of play also, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? Gets better. Yeah, increases. <laughs> increases. <laughs> As Daft Punk and Kanye West might say, harder, better, faster, stronger. <laughs> uh, we're not shouting out Kanye West right now, are we? Uh, yeah, Kanye West really fell off for me. He really did. But it's all right. So Sunderland finished in second place in 1893-94 to Aston Villa, who won the league that year. And they began this season in 1894 looking for vengeance. That is a far cry from Sunderland as it stands today, as we have just mentioned. <laughs> yes. Meanwhile, Derby County was one of the founding members of the Football League and were also strong contenders, as they had finished the previous season in third place, directly behind Sunderland. The game took place in Sunderland, and it was actually their very first game of the season, a home debut. Wow. So expectations were high for the match, and the home crowd at Newcastle Road were settled in for what promised to be an exciting afternoon of football. Soccer. No, 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 soccer, if you don't know. <laughs> that was scheduled to kick off at 3.30 p.m. There was just one problem. The referee for the match, one Mr. R. Kirkham of Darwin, a town over 100 miles away from Sunderland, had missed his connecting train on his way to the match. Oh, no. <laughs> Rough. He realized his error and was forced to send a telegram to Sunderland. This is how old we're talking oh about. Oh, my gosh. He had to t- was going to be late so he had to send a telegram to Sunderland honestly um I'm still after all these years of school and and living I'm not really sure how telegrams work or or what they do I just know that they were a line of communication before humanity got smart so this was telegram was basically the first instantaneous communication okay and it was the little tapper in Morse code. Oh, so okay, okay. you would write out the message you would send. You would give it to the telegram operator. You would pay for it. The person that gave you the money gave it to the telegram operator. Morse code. It connected. They connected to 
a they had a line to wherever you were sending it, they would tap out the message in Morse code. The person on the other end listening to it would write out the Morse code, translate it into English, print it out, and then they would give it to whoever it was for. Dang. How old is Morse code then? Morse code is, is pretty old. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, yes. <laughs> so that's that's how a telegram works. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. he did. He had to send a telegram to Sunderland telling him, hey, I'm going to be late. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the train, but I missed the first one. <laughs> he was going to be at least an hour and a half late, which would put the start time of the game closer to 5 p.m. Now, obviously, in the modern game, this wouldn't really be a problem because... There would always be a replacement official, first of all. That's the reason that there's always a fourth official. But also lights. But also lights. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Ready to step in for the center referee if need be. And also, even if for some reason something were to happen to all the referees scheduled for a game and a game was forced to wait the hour and a half or more for a referee to get there, that's not too much of a bother because floodlights. Yeah, exactly. A brief history of floodlights in sports. <laughs> Although they were first used in a sporting event in Britain in 1878 for a polo match. Good for them. They were not allowed to be used in official football league matches until the 1950s. Why? Because they were basically thinking that it wasn't sporting or fair at that time. Hey, if the game's not lit by sunlight... Then <laughs> it, it doesn't don't count. count. It don't count. <laughs> it does not As count. As God intended it. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, no, no, no. I, I think I think a lot of it had to do with like it's easy to like lose a ball in the lights or like they people thought it would be distracting. I mean, now that sounds dumb nowadays because nowadays games are held at night all the time and it's not yeah. really that big of an yeah. issue. Night, um, nighttime in Europe, daytime or morning for. For us in the States. <laughs> yes, across the pond. Yeah. <laughs> um, several stadiums had floodlights installed in the first few decades of the 20th century, such as Highbury, most famously, for Arsenal. But the FAA were slow to trust that night games lit by floodlights would create a, a competitive and sporting atmosphere. Mm. When we're talking about Sunderland Derby, 1894, we're talking about September in the north of England. You can't start a game all that late or you won't be able to finish it because it's going to get dark. Yeah. Um, these just aren't things you have to worry about today, but all of a sudden the match began to look a little doubtful. Yeah, 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 for sure. Now, there were 9,000 people in attendance waiting for the match to happen, and when the 3.30 start time came and went, the crowd began to grow a little restless. The last thing that I want is 9,000 angry English <laughs> angry, angry, Angry northern Englishmen. Yes. Dude, you don't the Geordies? No, absolutely not. No. I don't I don't want that. No. Don't want that at all. <laughs> and as we've learned from previous episodes, such as the somewhat forgotten tragedy at Burden Park, it's that crowds get more dangerous when they're restless. Yes, yes, absolutely. Still, this was a significantly smaller crowd. Obviously, there's only nine thousand people there. Um and it seemed as if most just wanted to get on with the game. Some people even shouted for the game clock to actually start and for the players to just start whenever the referee got there, which is a hilarious suggestion. Yeah. Because <laughs> it would just go 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wouldn't happen. No. Um, the teams also bickered about whether to start on time or wait for a real referee because if they played the game without a league-appointed ref, the result might not have actually counted. Yeah. And it would cause a headache basically for everyone. Uh-huh. Eventually... 
they de- they decided the game would start on time with a non-football league referee that happened to be there taking the reins. That man's name, and I'm not making this up. Oh gosh, was John Conqueror. Okay, Conqueror. John the Conqueror. Back then, your your last name came from what your parents did or what your <laughs> father did. So. Yeah. John's father was obviously a conqueror, yeah, or his so, great grandfather, or great 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 grandfather. And being in England, that would mean imperialism, which means that John's parents were were real big pieces of shit. Yeah, is what what I'm really yes. trying to say. Yes. Uh, the game got off to a terrible start for Derby. There was an incredibly strong win that day, and Derby lost the toss, resulting in one way action for the hosts. Sunderland had a lead within 15 minutes when John Campbell hit the underside of the crossbar with a banger, then doubled the lead when his shot, when another shot of his took a deflection off of his teammate. The misery continued for Derby, as five minutes before halftime, Sunderland scored again, going up 3-0 and looking extremely comfortable. Yeah, so many bangers. Halftime arrived, and Sunderland looked like they would cruise to victory. But with halftime arrived something else. The referee that was supposed to be in charge of the match... No problem, right? Just put the official referee in there and play out the second half. It was not to be, however, as Mr. Kirkham ordered the first half to be played again. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode, brought to you, as always, by betonline.ag. With currently no NBA, NHL, or MLB, you might think there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games, and props to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. You can still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. It's all open 24 hours a day, and most importantly, it's all online. Use promo code BLUEWIRE to join today and receive your new welcome bonus. Bet online, your online wagering solution. Thank you so much to Bet Online for sponsoring this week's podcast. And Drew, we also need to thank a listener for leaving us a review. Yes. A five-star review? A five-star review. Ooh, I like to hear from that. From Al Arpa, or um, as as it has been told to me, it's his name is actually Alex. His name is Alex. So Alex said, if you lack soccer brothers, which is kind of a funny thing to say. If you, if you, <laughs> if you lack the soccer brothers. <laughs> if you lack soccer brothers, then Adam and Drew are the soccer brothers for you. Ooh. Tales of soccer mischief, mayhem, glory, and ill repute. All wrapped up in the casual storytelling style of two friends who also sprang from the same loins. <laughs> Alex. We sure did. <laughs> thank you so much for that review. Uh, it is a very, very uh, detailed and... Um, very heartfelt and powerful. Uh, the words, the words in, the, in that review are very selective and good. Yeah. Uh-huh. Anytime you throw a loin, you can you can you manage to throw any, any the word loin, loin any loin into anything that you're saying. It's always your a your loins, a my plus. loins, a pork loin. Oh, pork loin's delicious. I have some in my fridge yeah, right dude, now. I freaking love pork loin. Smash them pork loin. 
Anyways. I don't know if that's the word we want to use, but thank you so much to Alex yeah, thank for you, leaving Alex. us a review. As always, if you would like to leave us a review, it would help us out greatly. And if you leave us a review, we'll read it on the podcast. Even if you mention how uh, we, the hosts of this podcast, sprang from our, the same loins. The same loins. We, we will read that aloud. Uh, but thank you so much to Alex, and thank you to you, listener, for listening to this podcast. Drew? I think it's time to get back to the story. All right. And we are back for the second half of the podcast. Adam is dabbing, and our referee just showed up right before the second half started. Halftime, some might say. But... (laughs) Some might say. It seems as if... This game is going to have to roll back the clock a little bit. Mm, yes. So, as you might recall, Mr. R. Kirkham, who was the official league referee, yes, supposing to officiate this game, just managed to make it to the game after they had already played 45 minutes and Sunderland was up 3 to nothing. Now, there are a couple different stories as to how the next several minutes panned out. Kirkham was three hours late from when he was supposed to have arrived there. Yeah. Some newspapers reported that Kirkham discovered that the game had been started with a non-league appointed referee and simply demanded that the entire game needed to be played with an official referee in charge of the game or it would not be counted by the Football Association, which makes Mr. Kirkham sound very pompous. Very, extremely pompous. (laughs) No official referee. Well, then there's no game. But Derby's like, "Uh, yeah, yeah. This guy's right. <laughs> um, well, Kirkham, on the other hand, told a different story to Referee's Journal. Okay. I gave, actually, I'm reading his accent. I gave the teams the option to take the ball, or no, the option to take the halftime result as it stood when I arrived, if they were both agreeable. But as Derby County objected that they had not had justice from the other referee, there was no other course left to but to restart the game. This doesn't make any sense. How, how, does, how does that restarting the entire game make the most sense out of the situation that we're in right now? You can see what Derby County did here. Oh, yeah. Of course they want the game to be restarted. Yes, absolutely. They're down 3-0. Yeah. They don't want... It was, it was in their very best interests to get the game restarted. And they technically held the moral high ground of, well, the other guy... Mr. John Conqueror himself, despite his awesome last name, was not a league referee. He was just a a schmuck standing in. Yeah. That stuff doesn't count. Yeah. And Kirkham was like, I guess you're right. I, 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 I can't do anything. My hands are tied. My hands are tied. <laughs> so, they've already played 45 minutes and Sunderland were up 3 nothing. But that all was officially thrown out. And as you might expect, Sunderland and their fans were not very enthused with this development. No, not at all. They were pissed. Pissed. I am pissed. Pissed. P-I-Y-O-S-S-E-D. Pissed. But here's the thing. They needed to redo the first half, and they also needed to redo the coin toss. Oh, gosh. And Derby lost the coin toss again. Okay. And it was still windy as shit, boy. (laughs) (laughs) 
Sunderland were soon up by another couple goals thanks to some long-range efforts. Another one by Campbell, which again hit the underside of the crossbar. Derby protested. Yeah, ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. I don't know what to say to you, Derby. Derby protested that goal, saying it never fully crossed the line, but Kirkham gave it anyway, leading to much cheering from the Sunderland home fans and jeering of the Derby players that wanted the game to be restarted in the first place. In fact, by the second halftime, Sunderland were once again up 3 nothing. Nice. <laughs> Ball really doesn't lie. <laughs> and you might think that this is the place where Derby finally has a chance, since finally they have... The wind at their backs after yeah. 90 whole minutes of play. Yeah. But karma, as a wise philosopher once said, is a bitch. <laughs> Derby looked exhausted entering the third half of the game, probably owing to the fact that they had been playing into the wind for 90 minutes. And Sunderland, who looked fresh, had something of an act of God doing so much of the work for them. <laughs> Sunderland started scoring again oh my and again a fourth goal. A fifth, a sixth goal, a seventh. Sunderland would go on to score five goals in total in the third half of their game. Good lord. Officially ending the scoreline of the game at eight nothing. But the unofficial 135 minute game <laughs> that was played was actually 11 nothing Sunderland. Yes. So we're just talking about a slaughter to end all slaughters. A draw, I mean, yes. There was, this was a game uh, where Matt Hill would toss that nobody score the 10th goal rule out the window. Yeah, you're benched for the rest of the game if you score the 10th goal. Yeah, that's that That was our, our high school soccer coach. That was his rule. Um, it should be noted that we played in a very rural league, but our team was very good. So it was a rule that actually did come into play for us from time to time. Nobody scores the 10th goal. Yeah. Unless it was against Hornell, because they are a rival, and they were... The second best team. They were the second best team. Yeah. You know, it's hard being number two, and they showed it all the time <laughs> by their attitudes. Yes. Um, and also, he told the story of one time when... It was back in the day when Adam Long was playing, uh, yeah. um, who... When we were in high school, actually before I was in high school, when Drew was still in middle school, Adam Long was a very good soccer player. He was a better track athlete. He actually won state championships in the, I believe it was the heptathlon, which is what the high schools do instead of the decathlon. Yeah. It's seven events instead of ten. Yeah. Um, but apparently Waco, Waylon Cohockton, was talking like mad trash about <laughs> Adam Long specifically because they had like... They played Bath at Waco, and they managed to get, like, a nil-nil draw on, like, some really fluky calls. Yeah. And they were talking a lot of trash. And so Hill was like, that rule doesn't apply today. And Bath won, like, 14 nothing at home. <laughs> at home. Adam Long scored, like, six goals. Uh, with a double hattie. You love to see it. <laughs> so, yeah. We're talking about Sunderland, Derby County. Complete and total beatdown. Yeah. Doesn't even compare. Yeah. Sunderland went on to win the league that year. Derby County were caught in a relegation battle, <laughs> but they did ultimately manage to stay up. The Derby keeper, Robinson, actually blamed the terrible luck on that day on him not completing his pregame ritual of eating rice pudding before the game. Hey, you gotta get my rice pudding. I gotta get my rice pudding in, lads. He actually, get my rice pudding we before, have... I, before I block those balls. <laughs> he had... 
He did say he had a saying that he used to tell his teammates. No pudding, no points. Oi, oi, bruv. No pudding, no, no points. points. <laughs> you, want, you want to win the league? I'm going to get my worst put before games. <laughs> this is the worst access. This is such a bad accent. I can't even handle it. Uh, oh no! Oh I'm man! I'm surprised it's taking this long before I whipped out my British accent. Yeah, and <laughs> what an accent! Well, it's, like, it's like that's not my actual British accent. It's my uh, gritty, you know, keeper British accent. Peaky blind. The, the type of person who would eat rice pudding before a match. Mm, yeah, and and uh, blame all his success or failures on whether on, or not he had rice pudding before the yes, match. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Shout out to rice pudding. Oh man, so good. <laughs> The game was an anomaly, but with the Football League still only seven years old at the time, everybody figured, hey, we should probably make a rule about this so people aren't sitting around complaining or playing two-hour soccer games or something dumb like that. Yeah. So they officially created a rule going forward that if a referee did not turn up for a match he was scheduled for for some reason and the teams agreed upon a replacement referee, the match would officially count. Nice. So under this rule, our dude John Conqueror would have just kept going and everything would have been hunky-dory yeah yeah and derby would probably have lost by a respectable scoreline as opposed to the complete and absolute beat down that occurred yeah which is the funny part if they had just continued to play and they probably wouldn't have been dead tired and they would have gotten the wind for the second half maybe they have a chance yeah absolutely. who knows yeah but they decided to be a bunch of little dicks about it <laughs> And try to weasel their way out of uh, the first half scoreline that they earned themselves. Yeah. And look what happened. Yeah. Look what you get. That's what you get when you try to pull a fast one. You get beat even worse. As it stood, neither team pursued any action or protested the match with the Football League. Sunderland probably didn't argue because they won. And Derby County probably didn't argue because literally any way you looked at the game, they just got their teeth kicked in and and there was nothing that you could really do about that. Their teeth ticked in. Their teeth got ticked in. (laughs) Keith! Dang it, Keith! Uh, Sometimes you just lost, no matter how you slice it. Yeah. Sometimes you're just just a a loser. Sometimes you're just a loser. Some people are losers. Yeah. And, and Derby County in this is. situation, we're definitely They're losers. losers. Yeah. Sorry to Derby County. Yeah. Sorry to these men. Hey, somebody's got to lose. And today it was them. It was them. And that is the story of the game of three halves. <laughs> Surely one of the longest regular season matches in Football League history. Some sources for you, uh, the Blizzard Football Quarterly, the Derby Daily Telegraph, and Referee Journal with some clutch quotes. Very nice. The game of three halves. That is that is wild. It, it is just a it is just a, a stupid, weird, dumb, bizarre very, story. Very, very strange. Yeah. Weird. I mean, you have games that go two halves and then thirty minutes of extra time, so not that much um, less time than the game of three halves. But still less time. Like a, a yeah. tournament match that goes today. A tournament match that goes today. Only goes to 120 minutes max, and they played 135 minutes of soccer. Yeah, which is, and, which is and you get breaks in between the first 45, the second 45, then the next 15. Yeah, if you are mm-hmm. going into extra time, whereas you had a break between 45, 
then you had a break between 45. But you had three 45-minute halves. Like, yes. That is... That's a lot. That's a lot. That's so much. It is. That's a whole lot of soccer. That is a lot of soccer. As the, <laughs> as they say. I'm glad that uh, Sunderland pulled out the win. I'm. A, I would have been pissed at Derby. Boy. I would have been pretty upset. Yeah. So that is that is good. It is nice to see um, to go back in the history books and smile upon what Sunderland used to be. Yeah. What they once were, uh, pre David Moyes. Yeesh. And that was like David Moyes was like. David post, Moyes was he yeah. was post like dumpster fire. Yeah, like Paulo Di Canio and yeah. Basically, Sunderland started going downhill when they signed Josie Altidore. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> but then they they flipped him for Jermaine Defoe for whatever reason. Josie just didn't he didn't fit in the English game, which is strange. Because I think, I think at the time, like Josie was definitely the better player than Jermaine Defoe. Oh. There was there was a I think it was such a confidence thing. There was a game. The first couple of games that Josie played with Sunderland, Josie looked like he was about to run game. Yeah. And there was specifically his like second or third game. He there is this there's this play where he scored and he freaking just absolutely obliterates Bakare Sanya against uh, and and it was just like it was just really nice thing where <clears throat> the ball came to him and he he does this like turn that initially puts Sonya off balance and then Sonya tries to like get back and like muscle into him and Josie Altador is having none of it. Josie Altador just like manhandles him away and then finishes really really well. This is for um, Sunderland. Past uh Petr Cech. Yeah. And I believe it was Petr Cech. Still the what, um it was before he moved to Chelsea. Or did I did I mix that up? He moved he moved from Chelsea to Arsenal. Yeah, it might have been Wojciech Chesney. No, because it was a while. It was 2013. Are you okay? Yeah, I guess it was Chesney. I I don't remember exactly who was playing goal for Arsenal at the time. It wasn't. It definitely wasn't Czech. It wasn't Czech. Yeah. Um. But he finishes really really well, and then the referee called it back for a foul against Arsenal. And gave Sunderland a free kick, like, 25 yards from goal. It was the dumbest referee call I think I've ever seen. But, like, it was like Josie needed that goal. And I, I still believe to that day, if that goal had been given, Josie would have had a successful season. Dang, one goal. And, and the breaks just didn't happen for him. And Josie being such a streaky striker and, like, kind of like a confidence player, yeah. it just didn't happen for him. Wild. This is a weird tangent that we're on. It is right a weird now. tangent, but it is the one that we ended up on. Yes. Thank you so much to listening to all of our tangents and all of our weird soccer stories. We really, really appreciate it and love your support. And if you want to continue supporting the podcast, there are a couple ways you can do so. First of all, you can follow us on our social media accounts at DeadballPod everywhere. Um, Twitter, where we're most active. We're also on Instagram, we're on Facebook. If you want to email us any corrections, comments, concerns, suggestions for stories, which we have used for a couple of them, you can email us at deadballpod at gmail.com. And you can also, in a really, really big way, leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. That helps more people see it. The more people see it, the more people download it, the more opportunities we get to do more fun stuff with the show. And, oh, we also have the Teespring store. 
Yes, yes. The link will be in our description, but we have t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, sweatshirts, all designed by our very own Adam Snavely. You have the scattered brain tea. You have the bonehead tea. You have the, what's the one with the uh, Japanese? Is that the scatter That's brain? the scatter That's brain. The, the, the loud mouth. The loud mouth. They have the loud mouth, um, which I think is still my favorite. The loud mouth is a good, is a it's, 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 it's pretty, pretty solid. Shirt. But all that will be on the link in the description at our Teespring store. Um, if you want to support us that way, that would be huge. And we would love that. And we yeah, would we love would, you we for would that. We love you very, very, very platonically, much. but very, very infinitely. Thanks again so much for listening to the podcast. We hope to be a little distraction in the crazy world going on right now yeah sorry Um, about this being slightly later later in the week than it usually is uh speaking of the craziness of the world it got to us a little bit this weekend but we are back and we are going to be back again next week just the same as always we will not stop we will not stop we are providing you content in this age of content but this also age of new content that you need because you've consumed all of your old content. Yeah, we were just talking before that it was a great idea to start um, a history podcast where we talk about stories of old um, before a pandemic when then everybody has to start talking about old history stories. (laughs) We did it before it was cool. Trendsetters, baby. (laughs) Take that. Hire us. (laughs) Anywho, we're going to get out of here, but thank you so much for listening. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week. See ya.